0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Coffee Conversation and Coaching. I'm your host, Christian speaker and life coach, Rebecca Ann Perkins. Here we do a little bit of Bible study, a little bit of Christian life coaching, and have some conversations about topics that really matter. Think of this as your place every week to just get discipled and to grow and know that the teaching that you're receiving is rooted in biblical truth. Ready to cut through all the self-help noise and all the quick fixes that really just waste our time? Good. Me too. <laughs> Let's get growing for your good, God's glory, and so that we can shine our light to a world that really needs it. Hey guys. I am so happy that you've tuned in. Thanks for coming back. I've been watching kind of the numbers because I can see on the back end, you know, how many people listen to the episodes. I don't know who, but I know how many. And I seem to have a very, very consistent number of you that are listening every Monday. Starting to get to this this place hopefully you're looking forward to Mondays because you know there's going to be a new episode and I just want to keep showing up in that way. So just know there's no end in sight to this um, season. You know, I might take a month break in the summer or something like that, but we're just going to keep producing every Monday because it's a joy for me. I mean, I absolutely love talking about truth from all angles. I love sharing the gospel and what God is teaching me. I love sharing my own story. I love coaching and sharing those sessions with you guys. I mean, just a radical passion for women to believe what God says about them and to live lives of joy and freedom and peace in the midst of suffering, because that's a part of life too, is suffering. Um But yeah, I just love, I love leading and I love uh, walking with you guys. So thank you for coming, for tuning in and allowing me to do that through this podcast. Um, I will ask you guys again to share it with friends, share it on social media. If you like these episodes, go ahead and text them to a friend or something like that. And let's continue to grow this audience and this community of women who love God and love growth and believe the best growth for us is growth that is rooted in a life that is rooted in biblical truth, the reality that is presented to us, the ultimate reality that we learn about in the word of God and not... False realities that the world sells us. So, um, I'm really excited about these next two episodes. I know that sounds weird because I'm going to talk about my experience with anxiety and overcoming anxiety a couple years ago. This is four or five years ago now, but um, I've never really shared this story in its entirety. And now just really felt like the right time to. There are two reasons that I have on my mind. Specifically, right now, that I am willing or ready to share this story in detail. One of them is I'm learning that a large stronghold, a big stronghold that women are dealing with, is that they genuinely think other people are better than them or handling life better than them or have faith figured out or they're always calm and peaceful and have it together. And so shame, particularly shame, grows when we think other people are better than us or haven't struggled like us. And I know just by nature of the fact that I have a podcast or that I'm a Christian life coach or that I'm a speaker, people can think that about me. Um, You know, Part of the freedom that I enjoy is having been a counselor in the past and having worked with so many women, thousands now over the last 15 years, I know that nobody has it together. Right? Like I can look at any Christian leader in the world, any woman that you might admire, any woman on uh, Instagram who appears to have it all together, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she's just like me and just like you. okay? Sure, maybe they've internalized some biblical truth, but who knows what they had to get to to get there? Who knows what their home of origin was like compared to yours or mine. I just, I know so much about women that I don't think anybody's better than me. And I don't think I'm better than anybody else. But that's probably because I've had the privilege of seeing behind the facade and hearing the inner workings of women's minds and hearts and stories for so long now. That it's like, dude, we're all just people. Like literally, we're all just people. When you walk into a room... You should never think that you have it more together than somebody else, but you should also never think that anybody has it more together than you. Those are lies. Okay. But, and so part of the way that I can help combat those lies is not to just show up here on this podcast every week and you know, sound as if I have never struggled or I get it all right. Part of what I can do is tell you guys the darker, harder parts of my life. So, You know, I, I'm so passionate about living authentically and I do that in my speaking and things like that. Um, But I get to do that now by telling you guys the story. The second reason I'm excited to tell the anxiety story is because I do believe that anxiety can be overcome. Um, I think I read a statistic once that said of the 12 main causes, and maybe I'll try to find these this reference and put it in the notes, show notes, so that I'm not just pulling statistics out of thin air. But um, I read, a heard about a study that said of the 12 causes of anxiety, only two of them are truly chemical. 10 of them are lifestyle or situational or things that we have power and control over as human beings. Uh, and so we all know that there's a lot of people in this world who men and women, young and old, believers and non-believers who have dealt with or are dealing with anxiety, but I actually believe that we can live free of it. Okay, let me jump in to my story. Um, I didn't start experiencing anxiety until I was 34. I'm 39 right now, so yeah, I guess this was about five years ago. Didn't grow up with it, didn't really run in my family. Now, real quick, this is just my story, okay? I know there's a lot of different ways that anxiety can begin to occur. Um, A lot of different, you know, it can be personalities, it can be home environment. There's so many reasons that anxiety starts to manifest. But in case you've never had it real quick, just want you guys to know technically what it is, because I've studied it a lot since I experienced it. Um, Technically what anxiety is, is when your body is responding to a situation or no situation at all as if it was a threat. Okay. So anxiety is when your body is kind of stuck in hyper awareness or fight or flight mode, your your brain thinks there's a threat. It feels like impending doom. Uh, you could just be hanging out with friends and it could feel that way. You could be driving and it could feel that way. You could be sitting in your own house and it could feel that way. You could be... Sitting in church, and all of a sudden, a real wave of as if almost as if a lion had busted into the room and was about to kill you and attack you. I mean, it feels that real for people that are experiencing anxiety. It's extremely physical. However, we don't get to that physical state without a lot of stress and mental, emotional beliefs, trauma. There's a lot of things that get you there there's a lot of things that get people get people's bodies so sort of keyed up that it can't settle down so the opposite of anxiety guys is rest and restore mode right The I'm calm I'm peaceful my environment (laughs) doesn't feel threatening I can learn um, I can be present uh, my brain feels calm my body feels calm a, lo- a lot of us or some of us know what that feels like and we live that way every day. For people that have had anxiety almost their whole life, that sounds impossible to them. And probably so wonderful and beautiful that they could just like cry out of relief. The Bible says that we shouldn't be anxious. Um, God is the prince of peace. So, and, and it speaks against fear a lot. And so again, I truly believe that it's a biblical worldview to have hope to have belief that we can live free of anxiety it's i think it's really possible and it's a picture that does get painted for us in the word of god that we can live with peace even in the middle of trials and storms so let's unpack how i got to the position where i had a panic attack actually i had four panic attacks um and went to the er because i thought there's no way this is anxiety or panic. (laughs) I thought I was having an allergic reaction to something. Uh, Panic attacks are the worst, by the way. Okay, so my story. (laughs) I think probably my anxiety was, I know for sure it was situational and it was probably a long time coming because I didn't yet acknowledge that I had limits or boundaries as a person. So I started helping people at about the age of 19. I was an RA and, um, you know, it's an interesting experience to be the leader on a hall and have 30 to 40 to 50 girls who start to knock on your door at midnight, need you all the time, look up to you all the time, never have any alone time. People start to esteem you. You start to not want to disappoint people. A lot of interesting dynamics that start to take place at that age. Um, Then I progressed to being an RD, a resident director, which means when I was in grad school, I was leading and kind of the boss of all of the RAs and all the student leaders and hundreds, between two to 400 college students underneath the RAs in the role of RD, I was on call 24 seven, which means you never got a break. <laughs> and not only was I on call 24 seven, but I, y- y- you have to respond to like really serious things, break-ins, uh, attempted suicides. You have to call parents, angry parents on the hall who are screaming and yelling. You have to call the police for, to help with situations. You have to be the first, um, sometimes you had to be the, the one who first heard about like assaults and things like that. And then you'd have to report those. It was a lot. You know, I was 25 when I started the job as an RD and um, just a lot of pressure and a lot of serious things to handle. But I handled all that pretty well. I mean, naturally I am a very calm person. Um, I tend to be more logical than emotional. So even in those highly emotional situations, God did give me a natural ability to be empathetic and stay calm and never really freak out, use my brain, use my logic. In fact, I was really known for being like the person who could handle anything. And it's probably why I rose in leadership pretty quickly because I could, I I was calm in a storm and I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, now when I was in that role, I was also getting my master's degree in counseling. And so then I transitioned to being a counselor and I started to meet with girls 20 to 30 a week and started to hear really dark stories about life. At that time in my life, I was still single, late twenties, um, which by the way, adds a lot of st- stress and anxiety a person's life Um, married people might think it's easier to be single but most of the time it is not easier to be a single adult i also one of the times that i was on call was a first responder to a student death that was a very traumatic 48 hours of having to manage a lot of crisis and trauma So, all of these things, you know, years of helping people at this point, years of really seeing the darkness (laughs) day after day at work, sitting in it. And I'm an empath. If you guys know what that word means, it just means that I really feel what somebody else is feeling when they're telling me about it. So, I just would really, you know, in counseling, and this still happens in coaching, but if somebody is telling me about their, abuse as a child or something like that. I I feel it with them. I carry it with them. And it's part of the reason that people walk away from therapeutic relationships feeling better because there's been a real transference or somebody is helping you carry that burden. But that burden then was getting kind of dumped on me. And I think some people, maybe (laughs) some therapists who figure out how to do it for 20 or 30 or 40 years, I, I could only do it for three years. Maybe some people figure out how to handle that without it overwhelming them, but I couldn't really stay detached enough to do that. So all that to say, by the time I was 30, I'd had years of being on call, years of helping people, years of a couple traumatic events I'd responded to. And being a counselor doing it all alone, living across the country from family, I was still fine at that point. I mean, I had, I was experiencing some burnout, I think, and some stress, which by the way, are the beginnings of their, are like, uh, flare warning signals for anxiety. But I didn't know that at the time because I just thought I was impervious to anxiety. And if I'm honest, guys, let me just be super honest with you here. I didn't, I was one of those people who thought, oh, you're having anxiety. You just need to pray more. Or like, oh, you're having anxiety. You're just, you just need to trust more. It's just, it's a spiritual issue only. Um, I tried to be compassionate about it, but it's very hard to be compassionate about anxiety and panic unless you've felt it yourself. Um, which is maybe part of the reason God let me go through it. Who knows? But so I moved back to California and take a job at a university there. I'm in middle management, which is pretty rewarding, pretty great, but pretty hard. I had some people above me, some managers and leaders above me that I would say were perfectionistic, toxic, hard to please, impossible to please, workaholics, different things like that. And I I worked there for six years. And so that started to put a little even more kind of pressure on me. And then, you know, also still speaking on the side, still single as I'm aging. Singleness is getting a little harder because now I'm in my thirties and I'm trying to date and breakups, processing breakups, singleness, trying to date some more, all the stupid apps, all the stupid first dates. Can you guys hear it piling up yet? Can you hear it? Like in the impending... the the anxiety was building. (laughs) Um, and then two things happen. One is that there was a violent crime on campus that I was again, a first, almost a first responder to. I was there a couple hours later. And, um, let's just say I was on the scene before the blood was cleaned up and that was hard for me. I had to manage that whole event and all the people involved in it. And it took months. Um, That was really, really difficult. It was a dark situation. And I was the primary, I was the person that the upper management, the cops, the parents, the students, the police, everybody was looking to me. Because of my position in management, it was all kind of under my responsibility. And so that happened. And then right around that time, and this is an interesting part of the story, y'all, that I could very easily not share with you, but I'm going to, I believe in honesty. (laughs) I believe in honesty for the sake of healing. Um, I was 34 and single, preoccupied with good looks or staying good looking or whatever. Um, Botox y'all, was a thing where I was from in California. And I had a lot of friends at work around my age who were starting to try it. So I did. Um, All this anxiety was happening. All this burnout was happening. I was already starting to have early symptoms of anxiety, like tightness in my throat, lightheadedness, tingling, numbness, but none of it had kind of flipped the switch yet. I didn't even know if flip could be switched. I just knew that I was extremely stressed at work. I was very burned out. Those were words I would have used. And then just kind of haphazardly one day, I was like, okay, I'll get a couple injections of Botox. This is a true story, y'all. Right by my eyes, right? For the little like crow's feet thing. Actually, I didn't really have crow's feet. My eyelids were starting to feel droopy to me. And I'm like, I haven't attracted a man yet. I better stay good looking. Oh, the things that vanity can do to us. How vanity can lead to anxiety. So I got that done and it was two days later that I had my first panic attack. Part of the reason I tell you guys all those things is to, because I believe that anxiety is extremely layered and very different for every person and pretty nuanced. And I believe that it is usually a combination of many things like our, our situation, how busy our life is, our stress level, our beliefs, right? Like what beliefs were making me even stay in that job? What beliefs were making me feel stuck or making me feel like I had to go get Botox? Okay. But then also the physical, it's proven that Botox can cause anxiety. Um, it's proven that um, a lot of, a lot of physical things that we do, foods that we consume, products that we use, and i'm a person who thinks we are a holistic person. so i don't if you have anxiety i don't believe your anxiety is 100% from like unhealthy products you use in your house, but i also don't believe it's 100% that just some belief you need to change or oh you're just too busy. it's usually a combination or or trauma. oh you just had trauma in your childhood. if you've gotten to the point where you've actually experienced a panic attack, it's probably a combination of all of the above. um so I was sitting at home and i started to have uh shooting pains in my left hand and it i was home alone and so that's part of the scary aspect too of being single is when you have a health issue of any sort you're home alone you feel like you're gonna die alone and nobody's ever gonna know (laughs) so i grabbed my phone and i called my mom and i remember telling her on the phone Something's not right, and she could tell in my voice that something wasn't right. She said, "What's wrong?" I said, "My heart is pounding. I'm having pains down my left hand. Um, I can't swallow." She said, "What's your address? Let me call an ambulance for you, because she's states away from me at this point, and I live alone in an apartment." And um, just instinctively, I went, and because I was hot, broke out into a sweat immediately. Uh, instinctively, I went to the freezer and I grabbed an ice cube. I don't know why. And I started to rub the ice cube on my face. <laughs> By the way, I later, as I studied anxiety, I later came to find out that that um, was an extremely helpful thing to do. It's called grounding. Uh, so a lot of times when we're having anxiety, we're, we need to bring our body back to the present, kind of. And so that's why people will do things like breathe into a bag or they'll tell you you can do things like touch five different textures if you're starting to feel anxious or panicky smell five different smells that's why sometimes things like essential oils can be helpful but in in what I did by grabbing an ice cube and putting it on my skin was bring myself kind of back to the present right um and so i got that one went away pretty quickly and i got out of it quickly and i was like i don't know what just happened but i think maybe i had a panic attack or i think maybe i had a anxiety attack or a stress attack or something like that. Um, and you know, again, I don't know if it was set off or triggered by having had Botox a few days before, but this next part I know for sure was I, then after that, I started to experience extreme issues with swallowing. I could not take a bite of food without feeling like I was choking. And that lasted for about five to six months. I lost a lot of weight because it was hard to eat. Went to the doctor many times. They did x-rays. They tested everything they could, said they couldn't see anything wrong. You know, there was a period of time where I was convinced that I had, like, cancer or something in my throat. Um, Later came to find out that tightness in your throat and kind of hyper-awareness of your bodily functions You know, this living in this state of there's something wrong with me physically is definitely a symptom of anxiety, but also that specifically difficulty swallowing is a symptom of Botox botulism, which literally paralyzes your nerves, um, drifting down to other muscles, right? Because they put it in your face and it can drift down to muscles in your throat. And and it, you literally do experience a difficult and different swallowing sensation. So all of this is happening at the same time. And I'm still going to a job every day that's a very toxic environment. And I'm still in charge of um, in between 20 and 30 student and professional staff still managing the fallout of this violent crime on campus on all kinds of boards, doing all of this alone, also speaking at a Bible study cut once a month at that time, but at a big church in California, singing on the praise team. Like, (laughs) this was the Rebecca who didn't know that she had limitations. And I wasn't doing it on purpose. I mean, I wasn't, I don't think I was trying to be better than other people necessarily. Um, I did, as I started to work through all of my thought processes, I did discover there were some beliefs that were driving my busy schedule and all of my commitments and my inability to kind of back out of stuff, but we'll get there. We'll get there in the next episode. I'm going to actually kind of start to wrap this one up. Um, So yeah, the next four or five months of my life, again, I'm 34, 35 years old. And this is the first time in my life I've been experiencing this. Went to the ER a few times because I was feeling anxious, but I didn't know what anxiety was. I'd I'd been through a lot already in my life and I never felt it. So I went to the ER and I was like, I think I'm having an allergic reaction to something. And they're like, what? I said, I don't know. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And the ER doctor looked at me and he said, he gave me pills of some sort. I didn't end up taking those pills, but I think they were, you know, an anxiety pill. And uh, he said, you're just, you know, you're stressed. You're anxious. It's very common. Take these pills. You'll feel better. I was like, this is not me. What is happening? Um, as it started to set in, And I remember sitting around trying really hard to figure it out. Like, is it just the Botox? Is it just, uh, like what, why this is not me because it was a real shot to my ego that all of a sudden I was having anxiety that I couldn't handle everything that, you know, if I'm honest, I felt broken. I felt like I was broken. I felt like, my ability to handle stress had gone away completely. I felt like all of a sudden I was very fragile and weak. Um, I felt like I would never be the same again. I felt afraid and I was normally very, my whole life I've been able to just push through fear. I am mentally very strong. I don't say that to make myself sound awesome. I just say like even mentally strong people can eventually experience anxiety if the right you know, storm happens. I, I, It's not like I'd lost faith in God or even myself. Um, but my, the bottom line is my body was telling me something was wrong. I believed on some level that I could do it all. I had the skills actually to do everything I'd committed to. I was pretty talented and gifted in all the areas that I was serving. And so my brain said, you can do this. And my spirit said, you can do this. Um, but my body was obviously telling me that something was wrong. And I remember when that doctor gave me those pills that I had a a choice to make, a very humbling choice. To maintain my lifestyle and my ego by taking pills right because I I had now hit a point in my life where if I was going to keep doing everything I was doing I was gonna have to do it medicated or change most it's very hard to change. Um, it's very, 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 very hard to live differently and make changes necessary. But I thought about it, did a ton of journaling and praying and processing for months and trying to figure out what got me into that situation to begin with. And eventually I I made some pretty massive discoveries and some massive changes to my life, to my thought process, to even some of my beliefs. And it's been five years, four years, since I've had anxiety or panic. (laughs) So I'm gonna wrap up this episode and just kind of let all that sit. And next week I'm going to dive into really what I discovered and more of the specifics of how I overcame it. But I just want you guys to know that if you're experiencing anxiety, you're not alone and it doesn't mean that you're broken. And it doesn't mean that you won't rebound and feel normal and healthy again someday. It doesn't mean you're spiritually weak. Um, It doesn't mean you're bad or you're wrong or, any of those things it just means there's something that needs to be looked at because we're not supposed to live that way i mean when when we've gotten to that point something is wrong something is seriously wrong so next monday i'm going to hop back on here and unpack what it was for me because everybody's circumstances are very different but i'm going to unpack for you guys what it was for me And the brave and crazy (laughs) changes that I had to make in order to heal. Love you guys. Here for you. Um, Send me an email. Hit me up on Instagram if you have questions or thoughts. I'm actually going to end this one in prayer. God, I pray for everybody listening, um, especially those who are experiencing anxiety, Lord, that first and foremost they know they're not alone, but that second, they hold on to the hope that they don't have to live that way. Um, nobody is better than anybody. Nobody is immune to the pressures and stresses of this world and of our own ego and our own sin. And when all those things or trauma, when all those things pile up, Lord, it's not good for our body or for our soul. And, and yet I believe Lord that you look down on us and you say, I am the Prince of peace. I come to bind up the brokenhearted. I'm the great physician and Lord, you are our power. You are the way you are the, the shadow in your wings that we can take refuge and sort this stuff out. So I pray this episode has blessed women today. And I pray next week's does as well. More than anything, God, just move in any woman's heart. Um, that needs to be set free of some of these things. I love you, Lord. And I I remember all the months that I cried out to you to help deliver me from those awful feelings, the awful feelings of anxiety and panic. And I praise your name that you did. Where I'm at today and how I feel today is an answer to prayer. And I praise your name for answering my prayers. Amen. Guys, enjoyed that episode, or you have questions, comments, suggestions? Email me. I check my email every day and I will respond to you. You can reach me at podcast at rebecca That's podcast at rebekah anne.com. Drop me a line. I cannot wait to hear from you. And I might even read your email on the air. Also don't forget to rate this show, review it, share it with friends. Let's keep getting this type of teaching out there into the world. I need your guys's help to do that.